Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Angels Envy. Envy is commonly regarded as a vice, but it can be a good thing. Envy can be a catalyst for creation, inspiring the world to raise the bar. And Angels Envy is a bourbon that is worth the envy. Angels Envy bends the rules. It's a little different from all the other bourbons out there because Angels Envy is the pioneer of secondary finishing in bourbon. Angels Envy is finished in port barrels, which adds a layer of complexity to the whiskey and gives it a unique and approachable flavor. Plus, Angels Envy is one of the first full production urban distilleries in downtown Louisville. And whether it's for someone special or to bring to a housewarming party, Angels Envy makes the perfect gift. These angels are so, they have so much envy with its unique bottle design. Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels is sure to be the envy of any bar cart too. Look for Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels. Please drink responsibly. Copyright 2024. Angels Envy bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. Los Angeles. Thank you for coming out to the late show. Very loose. I have a throne now. All right. Love it or leave it. Yeah. It's coming to Iowa City on January 30th, right before the Iowa caucuses. Get your tickets right now. Crooked.com slash events. They're going. All right. Those tickets are moving. Faster than Mayor Pete's Iowa poll numbers. He went up. What? What did you want? I was figuring it out in real time. So by now, you've heard me talk about Fair Fight. We partnered with Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight to hire voter protection teams around the country. Thanks to all of you, we are $200,000 away from hitting our goal of $2 million. $2 million will help fund teams in 20 battleground states. Already in Kentucky, they were able to protect the vote in an election that was incredibly close that saw a Democrat win the governorship, which is gonna mean a lot, including uh, healthcare for a ton of people in Kentucky. So go to votesaveamerica.com slash donate and help us get to $2 million. All right, let's get into it. What a week. Yes. Lovely ding. On Wednesday, House Democrats in the White House announced a deal to move forward with the USMCA trade agreement to replace NAFTA. This is, of course, a truly cunning bit of strategy from the Democrats. Republicans can't accuse Democrats of having a vendetta against President Trump if they help him get reelected. Called chess. <laughs> Meanwhile, Devin Nunes is doing a really, really bad job explaining phone records that seemingly implicate him in the quid pro quo that began the impeachment process. His most recent excuse, he said he actually got a call from a number that was Parnas's wife, which raises a new question. Why did Devin Nunes memorize the phone number of Parnas's wife? In a statement on Tuesday, Nancy Pelosi said on impeachment, if we allow one president, any president, no matter who she or he may be, to go down this path, we are saying goodbye to the republic and hello to a president king. And I am saying, stop giving them ideas. <laughs> Trump is going to walk to that helipad in a crown. <laughs> and Mitt Romney is going to say, obviously, I'm disappointed by the president's decision to wear a crown given our history with monarchy, but the fact remains that he's the president or the president king, whatever term you want to use. And this week, 
The Inspector General of the Department of Justice released his long-anticipated report into the investigation of Trump associates and the Trump campaign. In the 400-page report, all the conservative conspiracy theories around the Steele dossier were debunked, and the report also said that investigators found no evidence that political bias or improper motivation influenced the decision to investigate Trump. So this can only mean one thing. It is time to investigate the investigation into the investigation. <laughs> Bill Barr, Trump's attorney general, and the kind of lawyer you want when your Fortune 500 chemical conglomerate discovers it's been spraying benzene on jungle gyms in the Midwest and doesn't want to pay the fine but doesn't want to come off like an asshole about it, <laughs> disputed the findings of his own Justice Department. Bill Barr, to me, is like uh, the quack doctor who said Trump wasn't feeling well because he has chronic Lyme disease. <laughs> And then the hospital runs a bunch of tests and the results come back and they say to Trump, you know, sir, you need to stop eating fast food, get more sleep, try an elliptical for five fucking minutes. And Trump's like, fuck that noise. So he goes back to quack Dr. Barr who's like, baby, you're golden. Forget those tests, it's Lyme. <laughs> On Thursday, the UK gave Boris Johnson and the conservatives a clear majority in parliament, which is obviously disappointing. Well, then you should have voted, shouldn't you? Shame on all of you. Shame on all of you. You can't complain if you didn't vote in the parliamentary elections. This may expedite Brexit and poses a real risk to the public health system and other public services. I am sorry for what I'm about to say. UK boomer, I can't, I can't. The articles of impeachment were finally unveiled on Tuesday. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grissom said that Trump aides had expected House Democrats to unveil four or five articles of impeachment instead of the two that were announced. She followed up by saying, we did a ton of crazy shit. It's wild they're only mad about two things. The other day, I saw Stephen Miller taking a painting of Betty Ford home. Everyone said it was fine, but my question was, why her, and why do you have that shit-eating grin on your face? The two articles of impeachment include abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. A group of centrist House Democrats are reportedly skittish, about impeaching the president, these 10 moderates, all from trump carry districts, have discussed voting to censure rather than impeach Trump on Monday of this week, which was also proposed when uh, President Clinton was impeached. To recap, when a Democratic president is impeached, Democrats float censure. But when a Republican president is impeached, Democrats float censure. <laughs> Before we start the show, I just want to say this is not our final show of the year. We have one more show next week. <laughs> Cheers for content. <laughs> but next week is going to be nuts because Democrats will have the debate, we'll have an impeachment vote, and most importantly, Mayor Pete Buttigieg will finally face the Queen for a Day gauntlet. <laughs> so because of that, we decided to do our year and decade in review this week. So over the course of the show, we'll highlight some of the best moments in politics over the decade, starting, of course, with the best political ad of the past 10 years. I'm not a witch. I'm nothing you've heard. I'm you. None of us are perfect, but none of us can be happy with what we see all around us. Politicians who think spending, trading favors, and backroom deals are the ways to stay in office. I'll go to Washington and do what you'd do. I'm Christine O'Donnell, and I approve this message. I'm you. What a godforsaken decade. All right, let's start the show. 
You know her from HBO's Insecure and NBC's Bring the Funny, and her book Small Doses is available now. Please welcome back Amanda Seals. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Uh, you did compliment my sneakers, but you were off mic. I, <laughs> <laughs> I said I like these sneakers. There's texture. I know. There's flavor. I yeah. am. And then you topped it off with this hat. Yeah. Festive. Yeah, also sitting in a and crown. And then you're in a... I'm, in a, you're I'm not a, a crown. I'm, I'm wearing a crown. No, I'm you're sitting in a... On a throne? Throne. The word yeah. is throne. I feel... I like your outfit. This is like... This is white privilege. I mean, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> take a picture of someone who gets everything they want. <laughs> I like your shoes. Thank I like you. your combo. I like the athleisure. I do, you know, attempt to um, elevate the athleisure uh, to an element of uh, not just leisure, but like it's it's only leisure because I'm choosing to, not because I have to. Sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. I so get it. I'm, I get I'm, it. Gi- I'm giving you this because it's just like you know I'm just relaxing. But if yeah, I like, wanted to, you I could, could give mi- you, you, you know, give us a look. You could do some light ore mining. You know, real hard work in it. <laughs> yeah. If need be. Yeah. Work on a fishing boat. Fishing boat. You could. Uh, yeah. You could. Uh, that was a thing for a while, right? What was that? What was the show we were all watching? Fishing's been a thing for a long time. No. <laughs> People have been fishing, no. and they're still the reality, fishing. The reality. What was the show? Deadliest catch Deadliest was a catch thing. Was the, a the thing. greenhorns, man. I just I remember, lo- like, I care so much about these men and their salmon. I used to love, uh, <laughs> I used to love whale wars, and I would just think, can we just get these guys some more supplies? Yes. They, <laughs> Come on, these, Jap- these Japanese like, whalers—they got tons of boats. They got, they got they strategy. Shit, like, yeah. Yeah, they got capital behind them. This whale wars team—all they got is Bob Barker, you know. <laughs> And Bob Barker wasn't enough. I I give to a lot of animal stuff. Like on Giving Tuesday, I realized like, ooh, I probably should have way more like giving to people in my reposts. Mm -hmm. But I'm giving to like foxes in Ukraine, bonobos in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. And I think it says a lot. I I think it does. I I love the people. I just don't like people. No, I get that. You know what I mean? Let's bring up our next guest. He's an author and comedian, and his new book, Medallion Status, is out now. Please welcome John Hodgman. Nice sneaks, everyone. Nice sneakers. Good sneakers. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just trying to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> I really felt left out in the athleisure conversation. <laughs> All the convers- I'm more of a wicked tuna guy myself. That was my show. Okay. Represent the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. That's me. Wicked That's tuna. called pandering. Wicked tuna. Wicked tuna. Wicked tuna. Remember then they had the logging show? Like Deadliest Logs? Deadliest Logs. <laughs> yeah, Deadliest Logs. Yeah, it's always the log you suspect least. Yeah, that's right. You know, the Deadliest Logs are the pointy ones. Mm, Touche. <laughs> Stab you right through the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for those guys. I'm not a witch. <laughs> that was the creepiest, like... I had forgotten all about that. I was so excited. And it's so obvious when she says it. It's like, I'm not a witch. I'm a creepy doll that was brought to life right. by a witch. Exactly. <laughs> I worship a witch. <laughs> exactly. 
I'm a witch's familiar. A witch yeah. is making me do this. I'm witch adjacent. Yeah. Do I float? Sure. <laughs> Who doesn't these days? Yeah. In this economy, you better float. Yeah. Can't drown me. But I always just trip out when I see stuff like that because she didn't make this in a vacuum. It's not like, like I get in trouble for videos oh, that I do advisor. on Instagram because I'll basically in my house and I'm, it's, I'm the only one who's thinking this is okay because I'm the only, you know what I mean? And so I don't have any advisors. I don't have any checks and balances. And I'll put something up thinking like, this makes sense to me. And then people will be like, no, it doesn't. And I'm like, partially this doesn't make sense to you because you're an idiot. But the other part of the reason it doesn't make sense to you is because you're not in my brain. But she had like a team yeah. of people who were like, fuck it. Do it. Let's just take this witch thing head on. Yeah. Let's deal with it right let's, away. Let's it's going to show that you're not a witch. Let's embrace the it's narrative. It's going to humanize you and dewitchify you. Right at the top. Right. That there was a moment when they hit upload. Yeah. Or whatever, they, whatever you hit in 2010. When they yeah. hit fax. <laughs> when, they hit, when, when it got sent through the mimeograph. Tumblr sent. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this thing Full on. Stop. Let's get this thing on geocities.news. Right. Yeah. Let's well, ask Jeeves. Are you a witch? <laughs> but when they got this thing out there, you know they weren't. There was like a group of people that were like high five and like we did it. Yeah. What a great creative endeavor. That's what right. a collaboration this was. And I I haven't thought about this example, but I, I do refer to it often. I refer to things as a trunk. Now, if you remember the Chicago Tribune or the company involved there there with, I don't know what the structure is of their corporate organization. <laughs> uh, but they were going to rename themselves Trunk. 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 And they announced it with great fanfare. And I always think of it as a great example of what happens uh, when a group of people go from A to B to C to D to E to F to G to H. And then they say to everybody, hey, everybody in the world who wasn't in the brainstorm, we're going from A to H. And they're like, you fucking assholes, how'd you get there? We weren't, uh, we weren't here for the process. Something to think about in your next brainstorm. Trunk. Yeah, trunk. Stop it, B. Stop it, B. Stop it, B. Don't yeah. make people go further than B. I'm not a witch. <laughs> He's not a witch. Look, He's not I, a witch. The more I say it, the more you're likely to believe it, right? I, That's... I am a witch. <laughs> That's yeah. the craziest thing about it. You are a witch. You came in here on a broom. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to play a game where we look back at the decade that was. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Love It or Leave It is brought to you by WikiHole on Wondery. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued, what was in Al Capone's vault, or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia, but that's okay because you can learn all about it on the new podcast, WikiHole from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. We love Darcy. Love Darcy. And if you listen to WikiHole, you learn that is the sciencey term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders how the hell did we get here. Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. And we're back! <laughs> Not only is this the second to last Love It or Leave It of 2019, but it's also the second to last Love It or Leave It of the decade. And honestly, it's crazy to me that we've been doing this podcast for 10 straight years. <laughs> Who can forget back in 2010 after the Tea Party won the midterm elections and me, John Tommy, and Anthony Weiner quit politics <laughs> to start a media company. <laughs> and because we've done so many segments we're very proud of, 
we thought we'd take a look back at some of the hits of a segment we're calling Love It or Leave It, 10 Years of Laughs and Laughs. <laughs> Let's get into it. What a decade. <laughs> For our first clip, we thought we'd listen to the first few moments from our first episode in 2010 after we had severed ties with Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Let's listen. Welcome to the first ever Love It or Leave It. I'm your host, Jonathan Lovett. Let's give it up for the band, John Hodgman and the John Hodgman Seven. Hey. Thanks so much, John. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Love that show. Oh, and we all agree Taylor Kitsch will have a better career than Channing Tatum, that's for sure. Texas forever! <laughs> that's right, we do. So I'm sure you've all heard the shocking news about Anthony Weiner. We are devastated by it. That's right, Roll Call is reporting me as lots of unpaid parking tickets. Guess it's the last we'll ever hear about that guy. He's made a bigger mess than the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. Another major story that's going on right now. Hey, oh, nice. <laughs> now I'd like to introduce a segment we've decided to call OK Stop. I'm going to start drawing a picture, and John can call out OK Stop when he's ready to guess what it is. Here it goes. Wow, what an episode. <laughs> the Feel? jazz era. It was yeah. the jazz era podcasting. Feels like it was just yesterday. For our next clip, we thought we'd take us back to 2011 for one of our favorite rants of the decade. Let's listen. <laughs> it has landed on reality TV, which I believe was suggested by Amanda Seals. I am so sorry you have to follow such a hilarious rant by the king of comedy, Bill Cosby. Pudding. You're the best, Bill. Nothing could ever take you down. Nothing. So reality TV is every freaking where. It can't be stopped. You got Jersey Shore. You got The Simple Life with Paris and Nicole. You got Love and Hip Hop. You got Real Housewives of Orange County. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Monsanto. It doesn't end. But the show I am obsessed with is a little show called Sarah Palin's Alaska. Now I know what you're thinking. Sarah Palin is the most insidious politician in American history, and no one will ever be so dangerous and so stupid, yet so close to the presidency. But hear me out. I'm comforted by the fact she's all the way in Alaska. You know, it's cold there. She's up in the snow, helping Bristol prepare for Dancing with the Stars, a show that will never last. And also, let me tell you about another guilty pleasure of mine. It's called The Apprentice. Oh my God. The friggin' apprentice, Trump, he's, I mean, such a laugh. And that's a leader. When he sits at that conference table with those folks, he is running the show. I doubted him, but until you see how mean he is to little John, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> That guy's got moxie. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, Amanda. Let's spin it again, and I hope it lands on Occupy Wall Street. I'm excited for what our panelist, Mayor Mike Bloomberg, has to say about it. <laughs> wow. What a trip down memory lane. <laughs> our final clip is from a time I don't love to talk about. It's when I had to take a little hiatus from the show, and we had a new host. Let's listen. <laughs> It's so great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Love or Leave It. I am your host, John Hodgman. Your regular host, John Lovett, sold a sitcom to NBC called 1600 Pen. 
which I'm sure will be a massive hit. So I have a lifetime appointment doing this podcast now. Crooked Media thought I'd be a good fit since my name is John. And frankly, I could use the money. Those Apple commercials paid well, but all of my money was invested by me in Zoom. And it did not... Well, let's just move on. <laughs> okay, I've received word from Travis in the back that... What's that? Oh, 1600 pen has been canceled. Oh. All right, well, I'll get off the stage. Please give it up for your host, John Lovett. Great to be back, guys. And let me just say, Ronan Farrow, who has not yet picked up on my aggressive DMs. <laughs> promises that NBC will never do anything worse than canceling 1600 pen ever again. So let's get into it. What a week. Can you believe Mitt Romney said Russia is a major threat to our democracy? What a loser. Binder full of women. Now that's misogyny. Lowest of low. No one worse will ever run for president. Okay, when we come back, our three fully alive panelists, Roger Ebert, Prince, and Harambe the Gorilla are here. <laughs> and a special guest by producer and progressive activist Harvey Weinstein. Big show. Huge. Wow. What a decade. <laughs> As we go to break, please enjoy this 2014 campaign ad from Joni Ernst. I'm Joni Ernst. I grew up castrating hogs on an Iowa farm. So when I get to Washington, I'll know how to cut pork. Joni Ernst, mother, soldier, conservative. My parents taught us to live within our means. It's time to force Washington to do the same. To cut wasteful spending, repeal Obamacare, and balance the budget. I'm Joni Ernst, and I approve this message because Washington's full of big spenders. Let's make them squeal. Very evocative. Nice vest. She's wearing a nice vest. It's a great vest. Yeah. It's a great vest because it keeps your body warm. Arms are, are free, free, to, to, free to cut off uh, big balls. Yeah. Or whatever balls. Yeah, or any kind of pork. Make them squeal. And you are a witch. I, yeah. But I'm not cutting off pig balls. That was creepy, you know? Yeah. She came out slugging, too. What's like, her? I grew up castrating pigs, and I'm going to keep on fucking doing it. Like that. Was her background music the, the ragtime music from your... <laughs> or is that just now playing in my head for the rest of my I life? I hear it, too. Yeah. It's like tinnitus. Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, you know, we're entering the roaring 20s. We come back. We're going to look back on 2019. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home. On top of the wide variety of houseplants available, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Mike Pence should have gotten one of those after the election day. <laughs> <laughs> the experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape designs, and how best to take care of your plants. The point is, I may not have a green thumb, but that's why 
Fast Growing Trees is perfect for me because it makes it so easy. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LOVEIT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LOVEIT at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code LOVEIT. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. It's not just the two ages men type into porn searches when they want to be disgusting while still being able to sleep at night. It's also the year. (laughs) A year year packed with news. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So much news has happened, it's almost impossible to keep track. In fact, we don't think you'll be able to tell what did and did not happen in 2019 in a game we're calling... Buckle up. Okay, 2019 was a fucking year, but also it feels like we say that at the end of every year now, and it's hard to tell if it always felt this way or always should have felt this way, because now we are more exposed to each other and pain in the world. Or maybe built into our oh, 2019 jokes and tone is an assumption that, yeah, there are bad years, but life gets better over time, which is in some sense true, but even that's an abstraction. The goodness of any year is an integral taken over our collective human experience. And in the best of years, heroes die of cancer and agony alone, and schools burn to the ground. And in the worst of times, there are babies being born. But then you wonder if climate change fundamentally shifts our relationship to optimism itself, apart from Trump's unique awfulness and the more quotidian cycles of politics, apart from the ebb and flow of fairness and mercy in our society, that now climate change is always there, this low hum of doom that makes it impossible to gauge progress or the lack of progress on its own terms. Or maybe I just need a vacation. Anyway, 2019, let's get into it. What a year. Impressive. Hell of a read. I just want to note that uh, we're very much considering retiring the long game names in 2020. And I- See, Travis... And, uh, <laughs> and I will say this is the longest name in the history of Love It or Leave It. Would anyone out there like to play? Hi, what's your name? Uh, g'day, I'm Jeremy. Uh, are you from? Where are you from? I'm Aussie. I'm Australian. Okay. Where are you from in Australia? Sydney. How's Sydney doing? Yeah. It's pretty fucked at the moment. It's just completely enveloped in smoke. That's yeah. terrible. It is pretty terrible. It's like a post-apocalyptic hellscape. It's like Mad Max, but not fun. Yeah. Is Mad Max fun? Mad Max was only fun for some people. (laughs) I was like... Like, I could say Lord Humongous, he had fun. (laughs) And Morton Joe. Yeah. In general. Not that you've already... You've you've exhausted my Mad Max trivia. (laughs) Give it up for Sydney. (laughs) Jeremy, here's how it works. I'm going to say an event in recent history, and if it happened in 2019, say yes. If it didn't, say no. Are you ready? Sure. Trump set foot in North Korea. No. No, it happened. Uh, Miley Cyrus broke off her engagement with Liam Hemsworth. No. Happened. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg broke her ribs. Yes. No, that was 2018. She fell several times this year. (laughs) 
She should just be in a Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Just, just in a in a perpetual like cocoon. Yeah. Just and just wheeled around from place to place. Just bubble wrap. Yeah. Just just bubble wrap in a. Yeah, and just, just broth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want any chewing. Yeah, she should, be, she should be resting quietly in a nutrient solution like a precog in minority yes, report. Yes, absolutely. Just giving up the results, giving, the, giving up yes. the rulings. Yes. Notre Dame suffered a massive fire, and all of our friends reminded us they studied abroad in Paris. Yes. Yes. Nancy Pelosi became Speaker of the House. Technically, yes. And yes. <laughs> Both technically and in every way, yes. Don Jr. became a brand ambassador for Vineyard Vines. No. Didn't happen. Lil Nas X released Old Town Road. Yes. No. 2018. You're thinking of the Old Town Road remix with Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. Yeah. Face it. Tricky. Actor Justice You're Smollett. a witch. <laughs> You're a witch. You Am castrate pigs. Actor Jesse Smollett arrested for filing a false police report, then released. Then we all got too nervous to bring it up again. Yes. Correct. Trump posthumously pardoned Charles Manson. No. Didn't happen. Marianne Williamson. Just a crazy thing Marianne Williamson said. Tom Brady kissed his son on the lips for too long. Yes. No, 2018. Felicity Huffman went to jail for the college bribery scandal, and her yes. husband... Yeah, you got it. Trump shut down the government over the border wall funding. Yes. Yes. It started in 2018, but it did continue into February of 2019. Elon Musk invented a dumb submarine to save kids stuck in a cave, and all the scientists said, nah, no thanks. No? No, correct. Uh, Bill Barr confirmed as attorney general. Yes. Got it. Christine Blasey Ford testifies against Judge Kavanaugh. No. no that's right. It's 2018. Jared Kushner ate a McDonald's apple pie weird. Yes. No, it never actually happened, but it could happen. Uh, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think he takes it out of the sleeve, takes a bite right in the center. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, I think he eats it like a corn cob. <laughs> that fuck. <laughs> that piece of shit. Just takes a big old bite from the center. Barely has the structural integrity to remain one apple pie. I think, he eats, I think he eats it when it's frozen. He eats it like a like a like a ice cream novelty. <laughs> the Mueller report is released and none of our parents read it. Yes, correct. Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. He was murdered. Photo service. <laughs> Stop it. We'll never have the truth. Photo service of Virginia Governor Ralph Northam with people wearing KKK garb and blackface and he doesn't resign. Yes. Correct. Photo service of Justin Trudeau wearing black and brown face on multiple occasions and he wins re-election. Yes. Photo service of Mick Mulvaney dressed as Apu from The Simpsons and he was still confirmed as Trump's chief of staff. No, but it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. I can see it. I can see it. Susan Rice called Lindsey Graham a piece of shit. Yes. Yes, on Pot Save the, the World. world. Yeah, there's a world, though. Trump passed a sweeping infrastructure package. Is it still infrastructure week? It is technically infrastructure league. No. He didn't do it. You're right, it never happened. Jeremy, from Sydney, you've won the game. Thanks, man. As we go to break, please enjoy this 2018 campaign ad from Don Blankenship, who was running for the GOP Senate nomination and ran an attack ad against Mitch McConnell for some reason. 
Hi, I'm Don Blankenship, candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell has created millions of jobs for China people. While doing so, Mitch has gotten rich. In fact, his China family has given him tens of millions of dollars. Mitch's swamp people are now running false negative ads against me. They are also childishly calling me despicable and mentally ill. The war to drain the swamp and create jobs for West Virginia people has begun. I will beat Joe Manchin and ditch cocaine Mitch for the sake of the kids. So I, I want to make a wow. Want to make sure people understand at home just how many edits there were inside. <laughs> Every other word, pretty much. They moved in. They pushed in. Pulled out. <laughs> pushed in. Pulled out. Very yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Why? Like we got. How are we going to liven this guy up? And the children of the corn at the end. But the, the, the little girl on the left, though, you can tell she's got some sass with her. Yeah. Right? She was like... <laughs> then he had, like, the whole flag behind him. Oh, it was framed beautifully. <laughs> oh, the composition of the shot. Oh, but he was mad. Was but the thing is, though, he was mad. Like, that was his version of mad. He's like, they're doing despicable ads about me, but it's going to come out like yeah, they are doing I'm despicable Don ads about Look, me. I've never castrated any pigs, but... <laughs> But Spot, I am castrated. But I am, yeah. <laughs> but I do have some experience with castration. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell. He's the captain of the swamp. Come on, you don't want to vote for him. Anyway, here's some girls. Vote for me. When we come back, the rant wheel. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. And we're back. Now it's time for the rant wheel. The rant wheel. You know how it works. We spin the wheel wherever it lands. We rant about the topic. This week on the wheel, we have the Golden Globe nominations. The Space Force. The Science of Star Wars. Baby Yoda. Plain Etiquette. Impeachment articles, the penis fish <laughs> washing up on the shores of California, and Times Person of the Year. Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on the articles of impeachment, which was actually suggested by Crooked Media's editor in chief. Please welcome Brian Boitler. Hi, Brian. Hi. So impeachment is the process you begin when you think the president is in the game for the wrong reasons. And normally you begin that process with an inquiry. The president is unfit for office. Let us count the ways. So when the Democrats launched their impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump, I thought to myself, uh, Donald Trump is bad news. This is, this is going to take a while. And they are going to come up with a lot of stuff. Turns out, nope. Turns out it took two weeks. And it turns out that Donald Trump has only ever done two bad things. If 
That was surprising to you. You're in good company. It was also surprising to Donald Trump. His, his press secretary, as John alluded to in his opening, uh, went on Fox News and says, you know, we were disappointed about this. We wish it wasn't happening. We were prepared. But, you know, we're kind of surprised that they didn't get us for uh, Bob Mueller bribery and the emoluments clause shit, which the joke is, if Democrats did half the crap that we were doing, we would impeach them for all of it. After having gotten away with 99% of all the bad things he's ever done, Donald Trump woke up this morning and tweeted an advertisement for Mar-a-Lago. But there are reports now that Democrats are worried that having done this narrow and very rapid impeachment, that what's going to happen when it's all over and Donald Trump gets back to his crime spree? Um, And I think that there's a a lesson here, which is that if you're in a target-rich environment, shoot at all the targets and don't just shoot at the one over and over and over and over again. So to conclude my rant, impeach Donald Trump for the Ukraine shit, you know, do your thing, get it over with. But for the fucking love of God, leave the impeachment inquiry open. And if he starts his crime spree again, impeach the motherfucker again. Brian, End of you, rant. Can I ask you a question before yes. you leave the stage? So I don't feel as though I have a good beat on what the right thing to do is in terms of narrow versus broad impeachment. What do you say to the argument that says... Yeah, obviously, there's emoluments, there's Mueller, there's obstruction of justice, there's a whole host of crimes Trump is committing on a daily basis. But when we go to the Senate, we have now kept the, the focus on these very clear, simple story that the American people really understand so that the trial doesn't go in a million different directions, that we can send them these very provable, very simple articles of impeachment uh, to play out uh, as Democrats and Republicans fight in front of uh, Chief Judge Roberts. I, like, personally, I, I don't know what the right political thing is. I think if you want to live in a free and non-corrupt, like an ethical society... Which we do. ...then you need to take the, the fact that the Donald Still Trump deciding. is... is <laughs> up in the air, right? Is, is, like, this historically corrupt figure. You have to take that seriously and treat all of his most serious corruption as worthy of, of inquiry. So that's, that's the political question. If you assume, as I think we all should, that Senate Republicans, Republicans in both houses, are just going to try to cover for Trump and, and make sure that he gets off the hook for everything, that beating a dead horse about like a, you know, a single phone call that Trump had with the president of Ukraine that they're already making excuses for and saying that they're going to let him off the hook for makes no sense. Make them vote for the whole miasma of corruption around this guy. Make him, make, make them vote to say that they're okay, not just with Ukraine, but with, with lying to Robert Mueller and with, with stealing federal dollars and accepting bribes and all of it. And, and A, that takes longer. You, you get all these hearings. Donald Trump's corruption is the center of everyone's focus for more than two weeks. Uh, and, and then when you're done, you can say that you really took a stand against all of it. You didn't just decide that some of it was okay or Americans are too stupid to understand it or whatever. You, you, know, you did your job. You, you, you followed your oath of office to where the logic led it. Guys, give it up for Brian Boiler. Check out, check out his podcast, Rubicon, which is following along with impeachment. Brian, thank you very much. Thank you. Let's spin it again. It has landed on plane etiquette suggested by Amanda. I'm on planes a lot, and I like to think that I was raised up, not dragged up. So there's a certain level of consideration that I 
carry for myself and my other passengers. I unfortunately feel that this is not shared enough in one very specific way. People, specifically white people, stop taking your socks off on the plane. More than once, I have had to put myself in the line of fire and stop a Susan or a Linda or a Brad from walking into a plain bathroom barefoot. There's all types of debris on the ground, mysterious liquids. Not that We're, mysterious. <laughs> Only a couple of a possibilities. Plane. It jostles. Some people don't have good aim. And yet you have so much trust, so much trust in not only these people, but in your immune system. And I don't understand it. Because what happens is even if you choose to go in there and I say, you know what? It's your free will. We live in a democratic society. You can make these choices. You still got to come back to your seat. And your feet have to be in proximity to me. And I just picture the little germy germs traveling up from your feet and coming to my face and attacking me like... And on top of that, you're coughing. And you're not covering your mouth. So lack of etiquette, et cetera, crosses all races, nationalities, genders, you know, pronouns, et cetera. It's beautiful. However, I will say that specifically amongst the Caucasian nation, <laughs> y'all got to get together and talk about two things. Ending racism. Because I, I, I'm not interested. That's y'all's conversation to have. Um, and also, keeping them feet sewn up. And, I, and, and you know what? Let's just take another level. Because there's also the people who are like, yeah, but I have my socks on. And I'm like, okay, but you also have your foot adjacent to the screen. Okay? So I don't want it. Um, I'm giving it back. And I just want to say that all of us have to be in this together. Okay? So I want to make all of you all Mandalorians for keeping feet in socks and shoes on planes. I support that. My move, my shoes are off, my socks are on, my feet are low. Low. To the ground. Yeah. Where feet belong. What? Basically no higher than about here, right? That's Fair. it. That's yes. it. Right. You know yes. what I mean? That's it, right? That's the height. That's the height. Uh, and then if I do need to use the facilities, uh, the little podcast host room, if you will, uh, <laughs> I, my move is to slide my feet into my shoes but not do the work of putting the shoes on completely and then basically walk to the bathroom like a little boy in mom's high heels. Yes, I understand this. And now as I say that, I'm reminded, especially in this end of year period of reflection, Mm. thinking about all the times I would go into my mother's closet and put on (laughs) her gold shiny shoes and wander around the house and always wonder why my parents didn't think it was as cool as I did. (laughs) That's what's on my mind now. Epiphanies. Let's spin it again. (laughs) It has landed on Baby Yoda, suggested by John Hodgman. So, in the year 2016, I went online. And in the New York primary season, I said... Uh, I love Bernie. I'd vote for him in any general election. But I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton for these reasons. So I typed into the internet, I like Hillary Clinton. 
and I pressed send. I knew what I was doing. I had seen many friends type the same thing, and I saw what happened to them. Roasted from all quarters for various reasons, various people. But I had seen my friends take this heat. I'm like, I got to share the heat. I got to take some of the heat too. So I typed up my thing, said I like Hillary Clinton, pressed send on Tumblr, prepared (laughs) for a popular blogging platform at the time, and prepared for hellfire to rain down upon me. And what happened was it didn't. A lot of people discussed it. A lot of people shared it. Some people didn't like it. Most people were fine with it. No one got really mad at me, I realized, because I'm not a woman. And therefore, I was allowed to have an opinion <laughs> that was different. People were like, I don't agree with Mr. Hodgman, but he is a whole human being, so he's entitled to his opinion. I realized then that that was, you know, that was a, a big awakening to my privilege and my superpower. I am undraggable, I decided. Turns out I was wrong. Because last week, I put a thing on Twitter defending the Mandalorian. Why? Someone on Twitter is like, I like the Mandalorian. And a bunch of dudes got into that person's mention saying, I think the Mandalorian is not only a sin against Star Wars, but against cinema itself. And so <laughs> I thought that, was, that demanded an eye roll. So I put a tweet out just simply saying, uh, cinema dudes who think they're better than the Mandalorian are the worst kind of dudes. I got some applause. But this time, Hellfire did rain down. I was attacked from all sides. Many, many, many tweets angry at me for defending the Mandalorian. I didn't understand it. They came from all different angles. Some of them were like Gamergate anti-SGW, like saying that I was just uh, virtue signaling for fake geek girls. Some of them were anti-corporatist, saying that I was just standing a major corporation. And someone called me a Disney bootlicker. Many of them were intensely personal (laughs) and hurtful. (laughs) One guy made a joke. He retweeted my initial tweet, and just above it said, Baby Yoda is not going to fuck you. (laughs) And and that that person's Twitter handle is at Jeremy Monjo, and his tweet got 1,000 more likes than my tweet got. (laughs) Deservedly so. It was a great joke. Great joke. Great tweet. It was a terrific joke. Great tweet. But anyway, all I knew, I was on the wrong side of it. And it is unseemly to defend myself against this onslaught. Because after all, I'm in the public eye still, a little bit. It's my job to take the heat. I know why people might hate me. I hate myself. Get it? I know what I look like. I'm a straight, straight white cis male in the full flab of middle age with a certain amount of affluence. It's my duty to take scorn. To absorb scorn, get yelled at, and learn from it. That's my job. I accept it. It's unseemly to defend myself, but I will anyway. Because I don't like snobs. Those people coming out there saying that they're better than the Mandalorian. Come on. Is the Mandalorian high art? No. It's great. Do do I like it because it reminds me of watching uh, Xena Warrior Princess and... uh, Hercules' Legendary Journeys when I was in my 20s? Getting ready to go out for a night on the town? Of course. Is nostalgia the most toxic impulse because it's based on the twin fallacy that the past was better and we can go back in time and get there? And that therefore nostalgia is at the base of every extremist movement in the, United, in, in the world, including Trumpism, Brexit, and this new Ghostbusters movie? Yes. 
sorry, Paul Rudd. But I still like it. One of the tenets of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, another popular podcast, not as popular as this one. People like what they like. Some people think that culture is a cudgel that they should use to swat down other people's tastes and likes and loves in order to make themselves feel smarter and better. But what they don't know, and will eventually when they're alone and dying, <laughs> is that culture, you hope, culture is a comfort. Culture is a needed distraction. We gathered around in prehistory around fires to tell stories, not only to enjoy the warmth of a fire, very nice, but also to forget for a moment the horrible, terrifying darkness at our backs. We are, have a whole lot of terrifying darkness at our backs right now. So, snobs, let people like what they like. Let them, the holiday season, let them kindle a light in the winter solstice against the dark of the longest night of the year. Thank you. Thank you for letting me say all Thank that. you. Just letting it soak in. Letting myself experience it. Let's spin it again. What could it be? Where will it land? And it's landed on the science of Star Wars, here to destroy Mandalorian. Oh, no! <laughs> They're not. Dan Hernandez, Benji Samet are here for a very special rant about the science of Star Wars. So I, I completely agree with everything that John just said about these sort of rabid, neck-bearded, sort of gatekeeping, snobbish science fiction fans getting furious online. Uh, let, but, excuse me, let thee without the neckbeard cast the first stone, <laughs> sir. But with, with that said, I'm very upset at The Mandalorian. Extremely. I'm extremely angry. And in fact, I would be giving this rant right now whether you are all here or not. I want to make something very clear. I'm friends with John in real life. Hell yeah. And like young, young middle school boys, we get ready at midnight on Thursdays as The Mandalorian comes on to Disney+. Plus. That's and we, true. And we, we text do. each other three, two, one. Start it. Start it. Watch we, the preview. We synchronize our viewing. We, we got to synchronize. You got to be in sync. We got to start at the same time, end it at the same time, then discuss it. Except for when someone takes a call from Ronan. In the you got to take a call. Ronan calls. <laughs> so for five weeks now, I have been struggling with something. And I don't know if you guys watch the show, but they have a device on the show called the FOB. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I brought one. Benji brought a FOB. <laughs> 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 and for those listening at home, the FOB is a magical device that has suddenly been introduced to the Star Wars world that can track down anyone, anywhere in the galaxy. In the first episode, it starts to beep when Baby Yoda is in just the next room. It's like, oh, so this works. The, the, this by beeping the light, all you need. You could find anyone across the galaxy with one flashing red light. <laughs> so, in the first episode, it's like, okay, he's, he's in this room. Okay, so, okay, uh, I can buy that. A light beeps when someone's in the next room. We can buy a fob that works in a room. Fa fast forward a few episodes. Go, go forward. Now this, this same fob is finding you across the galaxy. Across the galaxy. <laughs> and I just want to know how that works, because look at this thing. It's got, <laughs> it's got this antenna, and if I'm standing on this planet, and I point this... <laughs> And you are. Right here. And you are. You are standing on this planet. 
and you point it. Just, just moving it uh, a say, fraction of a degree. Let's say one second of one degree. <laughs> I'm now pretty much on the opposite side of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> just going forward. So it gets even Think worse about though. the angles. Think about the angles and the spaces that we're dealing with. I'm not a mathematician, but I do believe someone on the stage has a degree in mathematics. That's me, folks. John, tell me the likelihood of finding a baby Yoda in the vastness of space in a ship the size of a Subaru Forester using only a garage door opener. (laughs) With a single light on it. With a single light. One indicator. It's basically, it's got one thing it can do. You're either pointing at baby Yoda or you're pointing not at baby Yoda in the universe. (laughs) But you know what else is crazy? In last week's episode, we meet not Han Solo. And, and right. not Han Solo has non- one of non- these thoughts. Non Solo. Non Solo. Let's all take a moment and appreciate non Solo from Amanda. She got there first and first counts. That's right. Non Solo has a fob for someone else. And he says, you know what? And he smashes it. And he says, it's okay. It's all in my head. He memorized the tracker. So is he like one zero zero one one zero zero? I'm not a I'm not a Yale man like John Hodgman. But tell I me, John Hodgman, not. how are you defending? How do you defend the fob? I don't defend the fob. You wouldn't dare. No, I don't want I don't want to take the joy of people arguing about this stuff away from them. I just don't want people online to say you're stupid if you like this. Do you know what I mean? Or you're, you do or have you... to suspend disbelief. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dumb. Just, it's the thought is dumb. I agree. It's, but I, you know, and to be honest, I suspended disbelief so so much so that I didn't even know that it was doing that. I thought the fob was literally just letting people know, like, yo, shit is crazy. And <laughs> I, I'm just saying. When, when, when Dan and I wrote a little movie called Detective Pikachu. Oh my God. Uh, we. Took the time to make sure all the science added up. Does it? Does all the science add up in Detective Pikachu? You hypocritical I, bastard! I cannot find the top Pokemon scientist. Give me a fucking break. That's find a plot hole. Find a plot hole. Debate me. But there's, there's issues. Here's my thing about it. It's I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, but I just watched a bunch of movies where they couldn't find a man by the name of Luke Skywalker. And all, right. It was a big thing that they couldn't figure out where Luke Skywalker is. And that all happens, I believe, you tell me, indeed. after. Indeed, it does happen after The Mandalorian. And it, it is actually a critical po- plot point in, in, in most of the Star Wars They didn't movies. have a fob. They didn't, they didn't have a fob. They didn't have a fob. They, they never got fobbed. They should have fobbed. Lock the doors. We're talking about this all night. <laughs> Give it up. For Benji Samet and Dan Hernandez. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Let's spin it again. One more time. One more time. Wow. No idea what this is. It has landed on the penis fish. There's some kind of a worm washing up by the thousands. And it looks like a dick. Well, that's because I cursed California. (laughs) Sorry.
With each passing moment, it's becoming more and more clear that what you said at the top of the show about not being a witch is obviously not true. Do you think it's a coincidence that I arrived in town today and penis fish are washing up on the shores of California by the thousands? Until this very moment, I did, in fact, believe it was a coincidence. That's proof that I'm a witch. This has been the worst witch hunt of all time. I had to tell you that I was a witch. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of witch hunts, it's very funny that Trump keeps saying uh, that it's a witch hunt because... uh, Uh, The idea of a witch hunt is that there's hidden witches all around you have to ferret out. But that's not what's going on here. In his version of a witch hunt, there's one person who's the witch, and we're trying to prove a bunch of different witch acts are the acts of that one witch. As opposed to what a witch hunt is, which is a bunch of shit is happening, and they're trying to find a woman to blame. You see what I mean? Yes, I do. We started, we already had a suspect at that. This is a witch trial. Yes. Yes. That's the key thing that's been really bothering me for a whole long time. It's right there for him. Right. Stop saying it's a witch hunt. This was never a witch hunt. You're a fucking witch, and we're putting you on trial for your witch crimes. That must offend you on a kind of personal level to hear me so cavalierly dismiss the humanity of another witch. You think, well, well, first of all, we're not human. Second of all, you think we all like each other? I think all witches are friends. There's good witches. You think we all all know each other? That's fucked up. It's racist. Wow. That's what it is. It's racist. All witches know every. So he has to speak for all witches? Yeah, okay. No, that's fine. I'll take that burden. Fine. Jesus. Yeah, whatever. It's tokenism. (laughs) (laughs) To end the show, let's end on one of our favorite videos of the decade. Hmm. Please enjoy Chillery. I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. And that's our show. I want to thank John Hodgman, Amanda Seals, Dan Hernandez, and Benji Salmon, Brian Boyler, The Improv, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, why not? Thank you all for coming out. Thank you, The Improv, for having us for this late show. Have a great night. Love It or Leave It is a product of Crooked Media. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, Elisa Gutierrez, Lee Eisenberg, our head writer and Michael Bloomberg's speechwriter, Travis Helwig, and writers Jocelyn Kaufman, Alicia Carroll, and Peter Miller. Bill Lance is our editor and Frank Taddeck is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Jamie Skeel, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Narm Alconian and Yale Freed, for filming and editing video each week so you can. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.